On this episode of the This Is Believe One podcast, I am joined by Jacob Hernansky, who is an Arizona sports enthusiast. How are you doing today? Good, how are you? Doing pretty good. Uh, you know, figured that Arizona sports landscape is an interesting one at this moment in time, and you know, you being so uh, into Arizona sports, you'd be a good person to talk to. So I, I think a, a very good uh, starting yeah. point would be uh, the Phoenix Suns. Uh, their season was delayed or, you know, paused, put on hold, whatever. Postponed, yeah. Uh, they seem to be an interesting group because they have, you know, a, a very talented player and, you know, Devin Booker and and some other players I think that you might be able to provide a little bit more insight to someone who didn't necessarily watch the Suns on that much of a, a frequent basis. Yeah. So the well, yeah, go. it does start. There you go. All right. Well, yeah, it does start with book, but I do think that um, we have some good surrounding players with them. We just need a better bench to compete on a nightly basis. Now, looking at their their starting lineup, they have Ricky Rubio, who I was. It seems like he's had an, an up and down uh, career. One that's been. He came with a lot of hype. He seems to settled into a, a a decent spot at least now compared to where he was and where the expectations were. How has he worked with Devin Booker in Phoenix? Well, he's definitely made Book more efficient, and he's made the whole offense more efficient. When Aiden played with them, the chemistry was really good. But he he needs to be able to hit more jumpers. That that's kind of cost us in late in games him missing or him missing jumpers and then sometimes he does take some shots that he shouldn't be taking. I mean, but that, other than that, he's been like a perfect floor general. It, it seems like what Ricky Rubio's kind of been is that, you know, he'll he'll get in the groove with passing, you know, set the offense up and every once in a while it's like you know what? It's better to pass the ball than shoot the ball, Ricky, and you know, time to pass it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, yeah. DeAndre Ayton seemed like he's got, you know, a lot of upside, very exciting, you know, big man. Um, is he able to uh, work well with Devin Booker? Yeah, it seems like their chemistry got a lot better. It got delayed because of his suspension, which kind of like derailed the season. But when he came back, he came back as like a defensive monster. And if he can keep that on the up and turn into, like, a uh, elite rim protector. And then on offense, just – we want him to develop a three by, like, the prime of his career. But for now, his post game is really good. And then his pick-and-roll game with Booker and Rubio is, like, elite. His screen setting got a lot better with Aaron Baines on the team. And he freed up a lot of open jumpers this year for sure. And, and uh, his gravity, when he has the ball, gets shooters open all day, and he can pass really well. I think a, a good combination of, of Eaton and Baines. It might not be the the, the most high profile guys, the most talented guys. It just seems like those two might be, you know, a good solid yeah. two guys to have it. You know, as, uh, big men to see. You know, a good portion of the minutes. Uh, how about their forwards? They have um, they have Dario Saric and uh, is it Michael or Mikel Bridges? Is it Michael. Mikhail. Mikhail? Um, Mikhail, yeah. Okay. Are, are, are you necessarily excited about those two? Are those guys that, you know, maybe are fine but could use an upgrade at some point? Or 
I think Dario is probably gone after this season. He's a restricted free agent. I don't think we'll resign him. Because when we started Mikel and Ubre together this year, our we had like one of the best starting fives in the league. With Rubio, Booker, Ubre, Bridges and Aiden. And I think Mikel is like he's super underrated. He could end up being like Chris Middleton type player. If you get a guy of that uh, ability, that sort of skill level, playing with someone like Booker and and hopefully with Aiton progressing, that's that's a decent you know group of guys right there. And you know yeah. you, you just have to sort of figure out where you're going to, I guess, find a succession plan at point guard with Ricky Rubio. I know he's not the he's not necessarily on the outs, but he's not necessarily the youngest player either. So yeah, it's going to have to be some sort of transition period, uh, probably sooner or later. Uh, stacking up against the teams in the West, I, I know that you know Phoenix didn't necessarily have the best season before it was uh, postponed. But how do you think they they stand moving forward beyond this season? That's where it gets kind of rough because when you look at next year and you're trying to look at where we could fit in the playoffs, it's there's like 12 really good teams that can make the playoffs. So this year was definitely our chance. And the eight and suspension ruined it. But um, because the Warriors next year are coming back. And then Portland will probably get better. And so there's just a lot of teams. So we're going to have to be fighting for like a 7-8 spot with like five or six different teams for like the next three years. And it all depends on, you know, what they're able to get through the draft and whatever free agents yeah. they decide to sign. I mean, because that, that can make such a huge just impact on the team. And you mentioned Golden State. Golden State had the worst record in the league. And that's just, we all know that's yeah. not real. We all know that they're a playoff team when everyone's healthy. So that just makes things a little bit more, more difficult for them and, you know, trying to climb back into the uh, Western Conference. <laughs> race uh, yeah is there anyone that you see that you'd like the Suns to add through the draft or free agency that you're just like that's someone that yes I want that person for the draft I mean I this year I haven't really been studying it well I know I really like LaMelo but he's we're we're drafting around 10 spot and he's gonna go top three probably and then I like Cole Anthony as well as like a he can be our backup point guard till Rubio's gone, and he can take over. But in the free agency, I like I want to get like Jeremy Grant or Gallinari, one of those two for sure. You know, just a couple of guys to you know, you don't, they don't need to be stars; just need to be consistent players, essentially. Yeah. You know, a lot of times that's a it's a hard thing for for teams to acquire those players that are consistent. It, you know, their baseline's just an average guy. And sometimes yeah, they're just bad players that a lot of teams seem to be stuck with. Yeah, and and like, don't want to spend too much money because in two years that free agency class is loaded. That's where you can get your star, hopefully. And you know the with what's going on with uh, the postponed season, I yeah, saw something that said the salary cap's going to drop as much as thirty million, which seems absolutely insane. Yeah, but that, that, that could definitely put teams in some bad situations. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting and in how teams are going to manage that. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, from uh, the Cavs' perspective, that could mean trying to find a way to unload a, a couple of players, most notably Kevin Love and his deal. But I mean, Kevin everyone's been, been trying... attached to us. He's been for a long time. He's been attached in trade rumors ever since he got here. Okay, yeah. <laughs> ever since he came yeah. to Cleveland, it's been how can we get rid of Kevin Love? I'm like. Are you kidding? You're, they're trying, and when he signed the new deal, everyone thought it was going to be a thought it was going to be a duplicate of the Blake Griffin trade with the Clippers to the Pistons. Oh yeah. So I mean, that's just how how that goes. So I assume Phoenix might be. I'm not. I don't know what their salary cap situation is, but they might be able to find themselves in play for players they might not normally be able to, compared to some of the other teams yeah. in the Western Conference. We have a we have a good like um, good salary cap right now. The only books max is the only like big contract we have on the books right now. I mean, and that's I mean one player with a with a big contract that's easily able to to navigate around. I mean, you, you got some you got some young guys on the team. You got you know the old Ricky Rubio, but it seems like they might be able to. Acquire players this year that they might not have normally been in for. And I think that yeah. th- that might be, I guess, provide some hope and excitement for people hoping for the Suns to turn around. And I'm sure you're one of them. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. I haven't made the playoffs since I was in, like, fifth grade. When was their last playoff appearance? 2010. Oh, wow. You were in fifth grade in 2010? That makes me feel old. Yeah, I I just turned twenty one last week. I was I was twenty two in twenty ten. So let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Um. So looking uh, looking at one of Arizona's other teams, the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they are exciting because uh, yes. they pulled off one of the most lopsided trades I can remember this offseason. Oh, yeah. Uh, getting DeAndre Hopkins for. David Johnson, who had, I thought, almost no trade value. Oh, yeah. And, and just, I, I think that Kyler Murray's in a, a very good situation to succeed weapons-wise. Offensive line may be questionable. Yeah, um, I actually think the offensive line isn't as bad as everyone, like, makes it out to be. Our Last year we had a couple injuries, so we had some backups, but... They had the second half of the season. We had like a top ten rushing offensive line, and then as and our offense is built for like quick passes as well. So I think they'll be fine this season. Um, the the getting Josh Jones in the third round is was a huge get, and then yeah, that Hopkins trade was crazy. I waking up to that news was like I saw the that we traded David Johnson and I was like, Oh cool. We got his contract off. I wonder what we got. And then it was like, we got Hopkins and I was like, dude, this is not real. That isn't, that isn't real because it's just, that's, that's fantasy land trade. I think I saw someone yeah. try and do the trade in Madden and it was declined. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, adding Hopkins to that mix, you have Hopkins, you have Larry Fitzgerald, who is the ageless wonder who just keeps on chugging along. One of my favorite uh, NFL players that is not on my favorite team, just because he just seems like a very likable person. And yeah. the net pushes Christian Kirk into that slot role, and I think that's a good spot for him. I think that might be able to help him, I guess, have a good season, you know, being the third, you know, receiving yeah. option. Because 
let's be honest, people are going to be focused on Fitzgerald and Hopkins. Yeah, I actually think that the Hopkins move will give Larry like two more years uh, with uh, less workload because he might even be the third option now. Kirk had a really good year last year, so it's possible that Fitz is the third option and Kirk goes number two. And then we also, last year we drafted like three receivers and they uh, two of them got hurt and then Isabella was a disappointment. But if one of them can become at least like mediocre, then our receiving core will be super nice. You know, it just seems like they have a good group of, of players at the receiving position. So if for some reason one guy were to get hurt or, uh, you know, maybe looking forward that they might be able to just sort of keep putting guys in and just not lose anything um, yeah. from that perspective. But the the Cardinals drafted somebody that I was interested in the Browns acquiring uh, if they did not go offensive line in 10, and that was Isaiah Simmons. He, he's kind of... People are either in love with this player or they don't necessarily like him. Uh, he seems just like you can plug him anywhere on the field and he'll do something. Yeah, he was my number one. I wanted him really bad. And I don't know why the Panthers didn't pick him with Keekly retiring, but when they picked Derek Brown, I was going crazy because I knew we were going to pick Simmons. Yeah, Simmons just, he seems like he has that that versatility that you need yeah. it, it, with the modern NFL and, you know, how guys need to be able to, I guess, play multiple positions. He's, he just, he has it all and he was someone that, uh, you know, if they weren't, the Browns weren't going to go tackle, it was always going to be him, but we went tackle, you guys got Isaiah Simmons. I think that can be a, a good building block for your defense to add with some, you know, other good yeah. players. You know, you, you add him with, you know, Chandler Jones and, uh, you know, out in the secondary, you still got Patrick Peterson. And it seems like there's a, a good group of guys that may not, you know, they, they have some spots where it's just like, eh, maybe need some help. But you have a couple guys where it's like, yep, those guys game in, game out, that they're going to be able to, to give you something that you can count on. Yeah, we definitely – our defense got a lot better with Simmons. We signed a couple linebackers, uh, Devon Kennard and Devondre Campbell. So then we got Jordan Hicks. So And then Buda Baker at, at safety. And then tight ends last year torched us. So getting Simmons is huge. And then he can spy Russell Wilson as well. So he can he's going to be a huge help for the defense. Interesting you brought up Russell Wilson. Did you see a wild uh, trade rumor from a couple years ago? Where yeah, the, the... I, I didn't read it, but I saw that he could have been on the Browns. Man, if, the, if that was real, what a swing and a miss for the Browns because yeah, it, you. I, I tweeted it out earlier today. I say you do that 100 times out of 100 if you're the Browns, if you're being offered Russell Wilson. I mean, people want to say oh, it might be a one in four. Okay. Give me a quarterback that's established instead of, you know, a quarterback and a, a corner. You know what I mean? They, they can live yeah. without without Denzel Ward. Or let's say it was the, you know, their first three picks. Their third pick was Austin Corbett, and he stunk. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, looking it's, at it that way, yeah, I would rather have top five quarterback also. in the NFL, you make the trade no matter what it is. Yeah, you know, I don't know how real it was. It could have been, you know, I saw someone say, if you don't sign this deal, we're going to send you to Cleveland, and that might have been something type of deal or like that. But uh, it, it sounds like that 
the discussions were were more real than a threat, but less real than a trade offer was on the table. But that's just yeah. from what we know now. Uh, looking at your special teams, you have two former Browns on your as your as your kicker and your punter, and Andy Lee and Zane Gonzalez. Uh, I always liked Andy Lee, uh, even though he had uh, the one moment in a preseason game which led to him getting uh, being moved on from. <laughs> but Zane Gonzalez, what are your feelings about him? I'm man, ASU legend, so I love him. But last year he was actually really good. We kicked a lot of field goals because we couldn't <laughs> score in the red zone. So, but he he was a really good kicker last year. Yeah, it's it seemed like he didn't have the the best time in, in Cleveland. Uh, when he was there. Uh, Zane Gonzalez is just the, the latest uh, former Browns kicker to end up on the, the Cardinals. As you guys had one of my favorite kickers of all time, Phil Dawson, on your team for a minute. and Oh, yeah. It, he just seemed to just keep going and keep going. And, you know, he, he was a very likable guy. <laughs> yeah, his last year was kind of a struggle. But, yeah, he's... Some, sometimes that happens with kickers. They just once they're once they're done, they're done, and unfortunately, they happen to. Area. Yeah, unfortunately, it happened to the player that I've always lovingly called Big Phil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I think the Cardinals are definitely poised to take a nice nice step forward this year. Um, I, I I don't know if playoffs is something you want to you know, declare is on, on their radar, but it seems like that it's not outside the realm of possibilities if they, they get hot. Yeah. I think with our, I think our schedule is um, very favorable for us as well. And I think the Rams got worse. I don't, I still, I know the Niners made the Super Bowl. I still don't like trust them. What part don't you trust, Jimmy Garoppolo? Because that's the part I don't, I don't trust, trust. Jimmy G. I don't trust Jimmy G. <laughs> I don't trust and him. Then, I don't trust him either. The Seahawks, they're always going to be good because of Russell, but I don't know if they're elite anymore. Yeah. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say we're gonna win the division, but I think we can make the playoffs. Maybe maybe one of those wild card spots. Uh, you yeah. guys play. Looks like the AFC East, the NFC East. It looks like. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Um, some of the teams took some steps back. Some took some steps forward. You know the usual. But uh, I, I think that there's. It's not out of the question if things go right. But uh, the the one area uh, that it's going to really depend on is, like I said earlier, the offensive line. I know that it's a, a hot button. You know, it's a very, I guess, stereotypical thing to say about the Cardinals is their offensive line, but. I think oh, they yeah. can make it work. I, I don't think they're going to be in the situation that Cleveland was last year with their offensive line. Yeah, I don't think that it's horrible. It's not the best, but I think that with the way our offense runs, that they'll be fine. What and do you it, th- whenever they whenever they do get in trouble, then Kylie's got his legs. So, what do you think? Uh, what are your uh, opinions on Cliff Kingsbury and what he's done so far? Last year, I think, was really good. He, beginning of the season, he did a lot of, like, out-of-the-ordinary stuff that didn't really work, and he started, he stopped doing that and just started running the plays that worked. And we, like, he was, I think he, his play calling was good. Our defensive play calling, though, um, wasn't the best. 
But we also didn't have a lot of good players on defense. So everybody was saying to fire Vance Joseph. I didn't think we should fire him. I just thought we needed to get better players. And so this year will be a test for him. Yeah, I think Vance Joseph, um, defensive coordinator, I think that's the, a good role for him. Uh, I don't know if, if head coach was the, the best yeah. position for him. Some guys are just better suited to be uh, defensive coordinators than, than head coaches. And I, I think that might be his spot you know, working you know underneath uh, Cliff Kingsbury at this point in time. Uh, you know, you guys had a former coach who uh, came to Cleveland who was also not good in that defensive coordinator role, and Steve Wilkes. Uh, oh yeah. Were you in favor, or what was your opinion on them getting rid of Steve Wilkes after one year? Well, taking the Cliff Kingsbury hiring aspect out of it. Um, Wilkes was not a great head coach i didn't hate him firing him wasn't like i didn't hate the move but i i just wanted to see who his replacement was gonna be and hiring cliff i was kind of sketch about it as well because i didn't want i thought we might hire a like an experienced head coach but we went the we tried to get the next sean mcveigh basically and it seems like they're trying to pair excitement with excitement, and that's what they did. Yeah, and, and, you know they have Cliff Kingsbury, they got Kyler Murray. Um, one last thing about the Cardinals: what is your opinion on Josh Rosen? Because uh, they took him, things didn't work out well for him. They ended up moving on from Josh Rosen, and now we had the exact same thing happen in Miami. And it seems yeah. like he's probably not long for the NFL at this moment in time. You got to see him play. You got to pay attention to him. What was your, I guess, opinion, and what did you see from him? Is there anything positive to take away from Josh Rosen so far? He, He's a still very accurate quarterback. He can make good throws. Our offensive line was horrible when he was here, and I thought he was a good quarterback. I didn't want to take Kyler. I wanted to keep Rosen. I'll, I'm not afraid to admit that I was wrong, but – um. Yeah, I think he can still, if he can find a spot in the league, I think he can still be a, a good quarterback. He could be a pretty good backup for some teams. So you you said you wanted to keep Rosen, you didn't want Kyler Murray in 2019. Who would you want instead yeah. at number one overall? Just curious. I wanted um, Quentin Williams or Bosa. Moving on to baseball, and it seems like they're not probably not even going to play this year, but I figure we might as well talk about the Diamondbacks. Um, they're an interesting team. Uh, they signed Madison Bumgarner. Um, what was your reaction to that when they signed Bumgarner? I was pretty excited. Um, it was kind of out of nowhere. We were, There was like a one rumor that he might come here, and then... It ended up happening, and I was pretty excited. We need we lost Granky, and Bumgarner's contract was pretty team friendly, so it was, yeah. I think it was worth it. A lot better from a team standpoint for to have the the contract of Bumgarner compared to the that Granky contract. Yeah, because and the Granky trade was huge for us. We got a lot of good players in that. So I, I think what you know, Bumgarner and uh, Robbie Ray uh, starts. I guess. He hasn't necessarily. He had a moment where he looked good, and it it seems to have been kind of up and down since then. But uh, you know, they got Robbie Ray. If he can, you know, step up a little bit, maybe see some progress from Zach Gallon, who they uh, acquired from Miami. Yeah, I, I, I really like Zach Gallon. I, I think that he could be a, a nice. Those could be 
good three guys right there. Uh, your closer, Archie Bradley, is an interesting character. Uh, yeah. Can be... It seems like he has hot and cold stretches a little bit. Yeah. He... As soon as he took over as closer, because we had him as, like, the eighth inning guy for, like, three years, two mm-hmm. years. And then the, his second year, he was horrible. But last year, he took over as closer. And he... After... Craig Holland choked like 12 games in a row. And so we took Gabe Bradley and he was like lights out. So looking at your, your position group of, you know, your position players, it seems like there's some, there's some guys I like, some guys that I'm like, okay, you can probably make this work. You know, uh, I thought Christian Walker was, had a pretty decent season last year. Uh, You know, pretty productive. Uh, Cattell Marte is always an exciting player to watch. Uh, getting Starling Marte from the Pirates—that was, uh, I think, that was a, a pretty, not necessarily under the radar, but over overlooked move. That, over yeah. what happened for you know some other teams in this Major League Baseball this year. Yeah, that was I really like that trade because Mar or Cattell was Cattell was our center fielder for most of the year last year, and he started having back problems at the end of the year from playing there. So I wanted us to sign or trade for a center fielder and. Um, I'm glad we got Starling. Uh, the trade was really well too. We didn't give up any like really good prospects. You know, I I, I like Starling Marte. He just he, he seems to be uh, a pretty pretty consistent guy. Yeah. You know, you 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 can't really say anything about him that's terrible uh, from uh <clears throat> from a at the plate standpoint. Um. Eduardo Escobar yeah. is another guy that I'm fairly familiar with because he had some time in the American League Central with the Twins, and he seems yeah. to be—he's uh, got some versatility to him. He's got some—he's got some pop in his bat. Doesn't need to be a, a big home run hitter, but he can hit hit some long balls when, when counted upon. I think he's uh, a very yeah, integral part to your infield. Yeah, I love Esco. He, last year he was just lights out. He had like a hundred. 15 RBIs and like 30, 32 bonds or something like that. But yeah, he's just a monster and he plays great defense. Our, yeah, our um, GM's all about like great defenders. So he's, a, I think Esco's perfect for our team. Yeah. yeah. And then this year, if the deal went through and we had like uh, the NL will have a DH, that's, that'd be huge. Yes, uh, that was the next thing I was going to bring up. Who would necessarily be your your team's DH? Is that going to be more of a, a, a rotating position, or is there someone who you would see uh, get a lot of the time at the designated hitter position? You know, it possibly would, I think, Jake Lamb, maybe, or yeah, I think Jake Lamb would be the DH first varieties, and then Kevin Crone would be the DH first lefties. Yeah, that that's that seems like it would be uh, you know pretty consistent you know nice little platoon there. Uh, you know, there's certain teams that are that are suited you know really well for the the DH position. Uh, it seems like you, the Diamondbacks will be able to you know make it work. I, I don't think they're in the position of somebody like let's say the Mets. The Mets have like five or six DH candidates on their team, but yeah. the, the the Diamondbacks seem like they can at least make it work, and I think that's. An advantage over some other teams where there's not a clear cut DH guy because there are a lot of uh, I don't remember who was putting out the stats, but someone was posting the stats of DH guys and they were for National League teams when they had to play in American League ballparks. And a lot of the guys were hitting like a hundred when they had to be a DH. So 
you know, having someone who can at least swing the bat just a little bit is helpful. <laughs> yeah, it it would be helpful. Um, damn, I was going to say. Oh, and our manager, he loves to sit guys, like rest them often. So rotating guys in and out of the DH will probably be perfect. So we can still have their bat in the lineup and they can basically get a day off of the field. Yeah, you know, the the rotating, I think, will work. I mean, because it's, it's not necessarily that much of a a change for a National League team because a lot of the guys, you know, you'd have to do the, the pitching changes and double switches. So maybe yeah. instead of, you know, those guys sitting on the bench, they you know, have their batting lineup as a DH so you can just kind of rotate the spots. So it's not necessarily a drastic change. It's something that the National League, I think, can handle while they inevitably adjust to what seems like it's going to be a, a permanent thing at some point. And now, are you yeah. in favor of a universal DH all time, or is, do you, would you want to see back, go back to pitchers hitting? I like I like the pitchers hitting, but I know the DH is probably going to be better for the team. I like I like the double switches. I like the like managing aspect. And then when we had Granky on the team, I love seeing that guy bat. So, <laughs> it, and now it, we have Bumgarner too. It, so. it kind of thinks that Bumgarner will be able to uh, display his hitting prowess with this universal DH proposal. Yeah, because uh, I think that might have been. At DH. <laughs> hey, that'd yeah. be interesting. And I think part of the the reason that Arizona may have gone after him is because he can hit and he's a pitcher, and there there aren't many of them. Yeah. So, with this proposed uh, realignment plan, you guys would play the AL West in addition to the NL West. Um, so you'd be seeing the teams in you know. You'd be seeing teams like the Rangers and Astros. Uh, you're familiar with the Astros. They used to be a National League team. But, you know, Angels, Athletics, and Mariners. Yeah. It gets a little tough uh, for the Diamondbacks. That's a lot of good teams. Uh, I'm pretty sure... Uh, Is that part of the deal the owners proposed? That's uh, part of the, the... It's something that's been floating around uh, only because it would cut down on travel. Yeah, it would yeah. it would be able to I, you know, get as many games against a variety of teams as possible. Yeah, I think that would be fun. Still, I mean, I would love to watch Trout a lot more. It, you could see guys like Trout, or um, you know, there's some good guys in the athletics, like you know Matt Chapman. Yeah, and, Matt Chapman, C. Gallo. We play the Rangers every year. I feel like so. <laughs> so you get to go see those guys down there. See Joey Gallo. Uh, you could see one of my favorite pitchers, Corey Kluber. Uh, since he's down with the Rangers yeah. now, I like Kluber. Uh, whatever, whatever mess seems to be going on in Seattle at that moment in time, and dude, I don't know. I can name maybe like three Mariners. <laughs> uh, I, you know, easy one to to name is Mitch Haniger, but he always seems to be hurt all the time. Uh, yeah, we traded him there. Yeah. Oh, I forgot you guys traded him there. That's that's how that's how we got Cattell. Oh yeah, I completely forgot about that trade. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Padres? Uh, they seem to be an exciting uh, they're team. They're in your division, yeah. but they're definitely interesting. Like, I still think they might be a little bit too young, but soon they're going to be the best team in the division. Uh, yeah, like probably a year or two away. Yeah, just I, they need Hosmer's got to get replaced. He's not good anymore. <laughs> Machado needs to be better than last year. Hosmer wasn't good when they signed him. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's hasn't been good for a while. 
So I, I definitely think Padres could be a nice, interesting team. But uh, from a from a division standpoint of of the of this ten team West realignment, it's not impossible for the Diamondbacks to make some noise. I just think it might be difficult for them compared to uh, if they just sp- face their standard NL West opponents or yeah. if they were in a, at one of the other divisions. Because the Central Division seems to be the the one where a surprise team or a team maybe of the talent level of the Diamondbacks might be able to make a spot. Yeah. Well, definitely any anything any or whatever division happens, we're going to be a wild card team because the Dodgers are winning the division. The Dodgers so. are so good. Uh, yeah. How would you feel as a a fan of a rival team of the Dodgers if Mookie Betts never plays a game for the Dodgers? That'd be dope. I mean, <laughs> I was hoping. I thought we could maybe make a trade for him because we had a lot. Of, we have a lot of good prospects, and our GM had the Red Sox ties. But I didn't know if we were wanted to like give him a big contract in a year because yeah, there was a couple of rumors about that. Yeah, it's it's a, definitely a win now move. I, I think Arizona's probably they might be better off not making this trade because no one knows where. Mookie's going to go if he's going to stay in L.A. Uh, I know some people like to float out the go back to Boston thing. Uh, I know. That'd be crazy. <laughs> that'd be absolutely hilarious if he, the Boston Red Sox trade him to the Dodgers. He never plays a game and signs back with the, the Red Sox after yeah. they just took some prospects from the Dodgers. I know. That would be insane. So is there a... Is there anything uh, for, from any of your teams that, let's say, you want uh, them to do? Uh, you know, whether it's the the Cardinals, the Suns, or the the Diamondbacks. I don't know. I want me. I want the Suns to get a better bench, and that's about it. I like the Cardinals roster. I think they're like on paper. They might be like, if you just look at it on paper, we have like a top five roster. So. And then the D-backs, we're as good as we can get right now. Our, I love our GM, so any move he makes, it's going to be a good one. Yeah, it seems like a, a nice a, a gradual build. That they're, they're avoiding the, the bottoming out, and I think that's important. Yeah, traded Goldie, traded Granky, got really good players back. And we have we went from like the worst farm system to top 10. So... Um, have you, have you been watching The Last Dance? Yes. So, when um, when Michael Jordan basically just took it out on Dan Marley, uh, did you find that entertaining? Yeah, I thought that was uh, that was pretty cool. I didn't know that he had that battle with Marley. Basically, I wasn't born yet, but I've seen the highlights of the series of, like a bunch of times. So it was interesting to go back through it. Uh, let's 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 end it with this. What's who's your favorite uh, Suns player of all time, Cardinals player of all time, and Diamondbacks player of all time? Suns has got to be Nash. Book's probably gonna be number one soon, but right now it's Nash. Nash is a solid pick. I mean, I like Steve Nash. Yeah, or it it could be under the radar guy would be like Sean Marion. I loved Sean Marion when he was here. Oh, former, uh, former Cav for one year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, he was on the team that lost the finals, wasn't he? Yeah, he was on that 15 team that lost without yeah. uh, Kyrie and Kevin Love. Yeah. 
And then Cardinals gotta be Fitz. It's an, it's an easy one, really. It's Fitz and Adrian Wilson. I don't know. Adrian Wilson was just like my guy growing up. And then D back. It's probably Gonzo. I was kind of young when he was on the D backs, but I he was a lefty, I'm a lefty. I always try to copy his batting stance when I was a kid. And uh, then What about Randy Johnson? Um, I like Randy Johnson too. I don't remember much about him. I was only like when we won the World Series, I was like two. Yeah. I, I remember that World Series. It was I was rooting for the Diamondbacks, you know, just because they weren't the Yankees. Uh yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad that I'm glad to see they ended up winning that one, but you know, uh yeah. Randy Johnson, yeah. even though he didn't uh he's he's bounced around the league throughout his, his career, I I think. You know, his time as a Diamondback is remembered fondly. Yeah, his... I, and not until recently, I actually, like, went through the entire series that happened. Like, I didn't realize that we dominated them, basically, the whole series. And, like, they... Every game was pretty much, like, neck and neck. But we outscored them, like, 35 to 13 or something. No, there was there was something interesting I, I heard about... Uh... I was listening to the Baseball Tonight podcast with Buster Olney. They're talking about a feature that was in your stadium, but I do not believe it's there anymore. The little keyhole in between home plate and pitcher's mound, the patch of dirt. The fact oh, that yeah. uh, in the in the World Series, that hit that just surprised Mariano Rivera because it came up faster than if it would have been grass because the, the, the ball that went right to him, it just it surprised him, caught him off guard, and re- resulted yeah. in him having that error. So it's just you know interesting that just one little uh, design part of the stadium can impact the World Series in that much. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's there anymore actually. I, I think they just removed it. It's it was a, it's a recent yeah. feature. Now there's only one stadium that has it. It's Comerica Park yeah, in our, Detroit. Yeah, our I don't know why they like the city wants to build a new stadium. I think it's still like a perfect stadium. I don't know what's wrong with it, but they want to build a new one or. I don't know. And it seems like uh, it's it's newer enough. Uh, there are certainly older stadiums still being used in baseball, and you know, I get that it's like twenty some twenty two, twenty three years old. But I mean, I go, I went to like fifteen games last year, and I don't know, I like, I don't get what's wrong with it. So it, I still it, think it's beautiful. It's probably just uh, some posturing on the owner's part, you know, trying to get a new yeah. stadium. Then at some point they'll do the, we're going to try and find a stadium in a different city and threaten relocation. It's a whole song yeah. and dance, and <laughs> everyone knows how it works. Yeah, there's been some, like, leaks of designs in, like, downtown Scottsdale and stuff, because there's a lot of open area in Scottsdale so I feel like if they build a stadium it'll be over there I like where it's at it's right next to the Sun Stadium it's like a cool atmosphere downtown right now uh, I and like the it Sun when Stadium's it's, getting renovated I like it when stadiums are close to each other like that uh yeah uh now Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse and Progressive Field are they're right next to each other they share a little small street in between the two of them yeah that's what the Suns and D-backs it's like a Tiny Street, and then the Cardinal Stadium is far as hell from them. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the Brown Stadium is the opposite side of the city, and it's over by the lake. <laughs> yeah, it, Cardinal Stadium is in Glendale. It's like an hour away. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, I knew they weren't all close. I know it was that far away. Yeah, probably like 45 minutes to an hour. But, yeah, the Sun Stadium is getting renovated, though. Like, they started it early because of the postponed season. So, by the time next season starts up, our arena will be ready. It's going to look cool.